I would say just by like learning from them and observing what they do and then being on social media and finding people like me, I started to find, I would say, an identity. Yeah. So now I feel like I didn't, I didn't need to tick any of the boxes. Just to, I just had to find my own box, basically. Hello and welcome to Tom Meets Interesting People. This is the podcast where I'll meet everybody from nuclear engineers to voice actors and talk about their life, their work and what they are passionate about. My guest today is Umi Hussain, who has campaigned for such courses such as women's empowerment and giving back to the non-privileged. She's a big proponent of self-investing and continuous learning, and she has her own blog and YouTube channel. She's also written her first book, Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle, where she's talked about her own struggle in finding her identity, and she considers herself to be Italian Bengali. She's been working in the finance services industry for about six years, and she comes from an educational background in finance, and is currently pursuing her CFA, CFA designation. Uh, she is ambitious, she's a go-getter, and... Um, one of her biggest goals is to deliver a TED talk and all I've got to say is I'm going to race you there because I want to deliver mine before yours. We're <laughs> going to race each other right now. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Umi. Um, first question, we are both really ambitious. I know my ambition comes from growing up in poverty and growing up in council houses, but where did your ambition come from? I think my ambitious ambition uh, came from seeing other women um, you know when you see other women like women in power women yeah I think it literally came from that um, I used to watch a lot of shows and a lot of TED talks of women delivering speeches and one of them for instance was Meghan Markle Mm-hmm. who I really, really like. And I think she was probably my biggest inspiration for doing the things that I'm doing right now. Because uh, I remember I watched this particular speech of hers where she was just talking how we should um, help girls and give them an education and invest in, in girls. And that's how I feel like it just triggered everything that I'm doing right now. So for me, my, all my ambitions... I'm, ambitions came from seeing other women and being inspired by their actions i think yeah role models are really really important we've all got those people that we look up to i think emma watson as well similar kind of um campaigns i think she did quite a few speeches for the un am i right yes i like her too i like emma watson a lot yeah she's super cool um yeah so in your book as well, you talk about uh, being uh, a Bengali girl born in Italy mm-hmm. and then later moving to the UK, where I'm from, uh, and now you're in Canada. Um, so first off, I want to learn all about your culture, both your Bengali culture and your um, Italian culture. What, what do you love about it? So for the Italian culture, I love a lot of things. I love the food. I love the people. I love the um, the history that comes with the whole culture, um, the country itself, it's so pretty. Yeah. Um, these are some of the things that I really, really love. I love the language itself. 
And then for the Bengali culture, I think I like a lot the traditions and the and the clothes that we wear when we go to parties. Cause we because like when we go to to parties, weddings, and stuff like that, we tend to be I don't know how to say like overly um, like over the top sort of over over the top. There you go. We like to yeah. be over the top with our clothes and makeup and jewelry and stuff like that. And that's one thing that I really like about uh, my culture. I also like a lot the cuisine. Uh, but I would say this is probably one of the most, like, well, this is one of the things that I really like. It's that it, uh, we tend to be extra, like, extravagant. Yeah. And so these are two, two things. This is one thing that I like about the Begani culture. And then those are the things that I like about the Italian culture. Yeah, epic. And I know in your note um, and on your website as well, you're a huge fan of pasta, as am I. Yes. Um, yeah, literally just, I was, I was prepping for this episode yesterday, and I was like, wait, I'm, I'm eating pasta. This sounds like this is going to be an epic episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've got the two cultures there. You've got your Italian culture, you've got your Bengali culture. What's your relationship between the two cultures? So I think, so for me, my relationship, it's, um, it's a relationship of union. This is mm-hmm. how I would define it if I have to use a word, uh, because um, I tend to embrace both cultures now. Yeah. If you asked me this question a couple of years ago, I would have probably told you, oh, there's no relationship, uh, because I never quite, I was never quite sure how to identify myself. I was never sure if I had to identify myself with one culture and not the other. And um, when I was growing up, this was probably one of the biggest struggles because people would ask me, like, where are you from? And I never knew how to give them a proper answer or a defined answer. But now after years of like reflections and thinking, and I would say also with the works that I've been doing, I think it just gave me a little bit of confidence. And it helped me also a little bit to learn about myself that I feel like I embrace both of them and I, I would say that I, it's like I'm tying them together as a union, both mm. of these, because they both belong to me. Mm. Uh, so this is how I would describe it, like the relationship of union with both cultures. All right. Um, was there like a single event that sort of helped you come to this or was it an amalgamation of loads of little things? Yeah, it was like a mix of different things and it was a very slow process like I would say it was very very slow like it never it wasn't something that happened overnight it wasn't something that I thought like okay tonight tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna become this like it was never like this it was it was a work in progress and it was a slow working progress and it took it took time but now that I'm at the end of this sort of like race I don't know how to call it I know what I am like I'm very certain and now when people ask me, okay, where are you from? Oh, who are you? I tell them I'm Italian Bengali. And this is the answer that I give to everyone. Mm-hmm. Fair dues, fair dues. Um, so I imagine growing up, you, what, what was that like for you? Uh, finding your identity? Well, this is the thing about growing up is that growing up, I don't think I ever had one, honestly. I, I don't think I ever had one. And it was... It was tough because I felt like I was not really ticking any of the boxes. Like when I was among with my Italian friends, I was not ticking any of the boxes, starting from the fact that I did not look like them. Yeah. And also little things, then like my parents were like very rigid with me, very strict in some of the things that I could do and not do. 
uh, like simply just going out and coming back home at a certain time it was so forbidden whereas for them was for my friends were like was okay it was like normal for them but when I had to tell them oh yeah I cannot stay long enough they would like ask me about why and just like and things like that and it was hard for me to explain it so I was never like taking a box when I was among them but it was the seeding at home I was not taking a box I was not taking any boxes even yeah. at home because I had such a like Italian upbringing that my opinions and my thoughts were completely opposite of my parents. So sometimes I felt like I was clashing with them. And sometimes it was like, I'm not sure if I do belong in any of this. So it was like this for like, for quite some time, for like quite some time into like, I started to be on social media. And then, then I, when I moved to Canada, I started to realize that, you know what, I'm not the only person who feels like that. There are other kids that have the same background. You know, you don't have to be Italian Bengali, but you could be like Canadian Indian or Canadian Chinese or stuff like that who went through the same struggle. And this is where I start to like associate to people that are like relatable to me. And I started to realize that this is not just one person's issue. It's an issue that it's shared among a group of people. I would say just by like learning from them and observing what they do and then being on social media and finding people like me, I started to find, I would say, an identity. Yeah. Yeah. So now I feel like I didn't, I didn't need to tick any of the boxes. Just to, I just had to find my own box, basically. And I think also we, it goes back to how we started this conversation, talking about people we look up to. It's really important um, for everybody to share their culture in, in this public forum to reach out and to, and to um, help others discover their own identity. And something I wanted to pick up on there as well, and you also talk about this in your book, I'm going to use a quote from, from your book. Um, you said, because I actually did research, uh, you said, when I would hear things like, our religion doesn't allow us to do such and such and such, I used to tell my classmates that I wasn't allowed to do certain things because of religion, when in reality it was a cultural barrier. Can we, can we deep dive into that? Can you tell us a bit about that cultural barrier? Yeah, so the, the simple example that I gave you right before, which was like, I was not allowed to go uh, out and yeah. hang out with my friends was one of the examples. And I used to think that it was because of religion, but that's because like my parents would say, oh, we don't do this. Like They would never say we don't do this in our culture. They would say like, we as people, when God people, we don't do this. And every time I felt like it was because of religion mm -hmm. or simple things or another example was like, oh, you're not allowed to date or you're not allowed to have male friends. Yeah. And I used to say to my friend, oh, it's probably because of religion, but it was not. It was never, never, never about religion. It was just culture. Yeah. Those were the barriers. And it, it was because my parents, they have been... Like, even though we were in Italy, it was a very open-minded country. We were in the Western world. Their thinking still belonged to the older generations, which they were still carrying on. And they were planning to, like, transfer, transmit it to the, um, to the next generations. And, and, it, and these were all the barriers. Like, simple things such as, you know, I don't know, wearing shorts or, um, I don't know, wearing a bathing suit for instance or wearing a tank top which had no no sleeves these were cultural barriers like these were not related to religion these were things that my parents they just didn't want me to pursue because they were just 
worried that I was going to brainwash and probably just forget about the actual like Bengali uh, roots. So they were very, very worried about that. And every time they were like, no, it's, it's, all, it's religion. We don't do this in like in our home. And I, I never really understood that until I actually grew up and I realized that it was never about religion. It was things they were trying to like just put it on me, even though there was no actual reasoning to do that. Mm. And I think it is sort of scary to kind of see or, or, or have that thought in the back of your head thinking, oh no, my culture is going to be be, be forgotten about uh, because we're in a new place. But um, what I pick up from you is you have embraced both and you're a true, true representative. Yeah. So because of all this, because of their behaviors and the rules that they had on me, there was at some point that I was like, I don't want to be associated with the Bengali culture because they made me really not like it. Yeah. Um, I was going to use the word hate, but hate is such a strong word that I don't think it's like correct in this situation. But they really make me not want to be associated with it because because of all these rules they had around me. But as I grew up and became mature, I tried to like step uh, step out of this and think from like a bigger picture, bigger perspective. Okay, what are they doing? And who am I? Who am I? And who? What is this culture about? And at the end of the day, you know, like I feel like you can create your own culture the way you want to create it. Uh, what they were doing was, I would say, I don't want to say it was wrong, but it was right for them to do it because of the way they grew up. So I, at the same time, I cannot blame them because I mm. just, I grew up with a different mindset, which was the mindset of an open-minded person. And that's how I would say I would, I try to like overcome with this and try to see the positive thing about the culture. Like at the end of the day, it's not true that you cannot date. Actually, you can date if you want to. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, sometimes the community doesn't like to see it but now times have changed like people that are like in their 20s now and who are Bengali they are openly dating and their parents are okay with it so at the end it's not religion it's not culture it's it's just how people see it uh so that's how I try to like embrace it and I just try to see the positive thing about about this Mm -hmm. yeah um and culture is something that changes all the time doesn't it it's 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 not something that stays static even just in the period of a decade a lot can change exactly i i do agree and i think it's continuously evolving all right epic um you've also in your book you've got a whole chapter dedicated to money and you talk about money sort of being a taboo um and your dad's telling you about that one dollar making making a huge difference and you didn't really hear about money until you're 18 so can i make the assumption this influenced your current career in finance to be honest i don't know if it did have any influence like what how the way i grew up thinking about money i don't know if that had an influence um because um yeah because when i when i chose finance as a major it wasn't because of that i just chose the major because i was really in love with it and that's the main reasoning i went to finance and initially i was not in finance i was in another major i was in international business and finance was my minor actually and then after taking few finance classes i realized how much i loved it i loved the whole dynamic of, of finance and how things are always evolving and changing and i felt like it was so much like my personality which is very dynamic and that's why i actually switched to finance and pursued um, a career pursuing a career in finance 
But I would say the things that I do right now in my free time, like, you know, uh, related to women's empowerment and with my blog and mentoring other women is related to how I grew up and how my parents taught me about money. So I do it right now in my free time, but it was not, it did not really influence my educational, like my education. Yeah, fair dues, fair dues. I know very little about finance. So can you uh, tell me what, what do you do? So right now, I actually work uh, for a bank. It's a Canadian bank, and we work on the investment management side. So I work as an associate, and we basically uh, provide like investment strategies. We provide a little bit of portfolio management, retirement planning. Um, we do a little bit of compliance, and we provide all this service for high net worth clients. So we basically manage their money. and. Um, and we do a lot of things related to what's happening in the stock market and try to like follow, you know, like the economics of the stock market and how things are changing. So that's what we do mainly. Like there is a lot of research when it comes to uh, finding stocks because you have to, you know, see what's happening around. And we do a lot of like retirement planet, planning and money management for high net worth uh, clients. All right. And it is, it is a really interesting um, I mean, interesting is one word for it, uh, time right now. I was chatting to another uh, financial analyst in, in, in episode two, um, and we ended up talking a little bit about the, uh, a little bit about what's happening now with inflation and over here in the UK, we're calling it the cost of living crisis. Uh, what's, what's the situation like over there in Canada? It's pretty much the same. <laughs> it's, I would say it's the same everywhere you go like the everything is very expensive uh we see it in literally in everything like in our daily life we do see how expensive it is just to eat even in the fast food yeah or buying coffee like i remember before i used to buy my coffee for like 190 and now it's like 270 it's almost like three dollars it's so expensive same thing with fast food which is supposed to be cheap and fast but it's not like if you go for, with, for two people, you can end up paying $40, which is absurd, like unbelievable. You can pretty much go to a restaurant at this point and pay the same amount. So it's been, everything has been expensive. We have seen, we do see it a lot in supermarket and uh, fast food and stuff like that. And of course, uh, they are trying to like tame the inflation by increasing the um, the interest rate and see if, it, if they can, can if they can control it. So I think it's like a very global problem, and everyone is trying to tackle it the same way. Yeah, it's because um, the vibe I got from 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 the previous episode, um, he's based in America, is it was very much sort of panic station and what is going to happen not just in the next few months, but in the next week and the next two weeks. Um, so thank you so much for um, for that insight and. Also, I want to, with, with your finance, you also, um, you also talk about finance on your YouTube channel. Can you tell us a bit about your channel? Yes. So this YouTube channel, just like, it was never in my plan. It was never in my bucket list. It was never anything that I wanted to do in my whole life. But it just started because I think I realized how much I enjoyed being interviewed by people on YouTube or yeah. doing podcasting. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my own one. So I, I literally like created it like at the beginning of this year. And I, it's, I feel like with YouTube, it's a trial and error. Like you don't, do not know where to go with this. 
you have to try different things. You have to try different content before you get some reactions from the audience. So I tried to see like where this was going. And I feel like I still do not know exactly where it's going. But there are some topics that I feel like I know them well, like finance, public speaking, career, uh, learning a language. So I like focus about those things on my YouTube channel. And right now I just created a lot of content related to the CFA program, which is the finance program that I'm doing right now. And I think that is having a good, I would say like, feedback from the audience because mm-hmm. I know that it's a global thing a lot of people study for this program and I saw that my first video got like 10,000 views which I never thought of thought of um and so I'm like sticking to that for now but of course I have to like see where this is going but so far I just made it about like the CFA program I have to study for the exams and uh tips and strategies on like you know to prepare for this exam basically uh, epic and uh, congrats on 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 that video taking off i know nothing as i said before i know nothing about finance but what what is the cfa it's basically it stands for charter financial analyst and it's one of the most prestigious designation that you can ever achieve and basically it's known globally so everyone who finishes their undergraduate tend to pursue that and you want to have that if you want to like work in portfolio management, if you want to work as an equity analyst or do research and because you do need a certain knowledge uh, when you're dealing with those topics. And it consists, with, um, consists of uh, completing three exams. Mm-hmm. So you have three levels, level one, level two, and level three. And to pass, of course, to the next one, you have to pass the previous one. And it's a very, very hard exam. Like, I think people really underestimate how much time we really need. There is a lot of hard work. There is a lot of sacrifice that you have to do. And you really have to know how to manage your time properly because it's all about self-study. You don't actually go to to a school or something. There are people that do provide courses, but it's like at your own cost. It's like you have to make the decision if you want to because the the actual exam itself is pretty expensive and you just have to make sure that you're a very self-disciplined person yeah. because that's all you really need when you have to pass the exam and it takes i would say six to eight months of preparation like hard preparation and usually the passing rate is not really that high so it's i would say like it's only like those that are they work really hard are able to pass it and there are people that tend to fail it and they repeat it like several times and when I mean several times it's it could be 10 times there are people that really took them 10 years just to complete it so it's very it's very hard as um as an exam but it does open you a lot of door once you're able to get those three letters next to your name oh goodness I'm so glad I'm not in finance because that just sounds scary to me It is, I would say. I don't know, but it does have its um, it's rewarding. I would say. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's definitely also one of those things. Like, if you're in that world, it makes perfect sense. Um, let's move on now to your public speaking. Um, so I know, obviously, uh, we we, we joked about the TED talk there, uh, but I am serious. I will be racing you to the stage. Uh, <laughs> we are we are in competition now. Um, do you want to tell me tell tell me a bit about your public speaking and what you do around that yes so i am part of the toastmaster club and i've been part of this club for like three years so i I joined in 2019 i used to be part of this club 
uh, like four years prior when I was a student, but then I was not really committed to it. I'm not pretty sure. I'm not quite sure why I was part of it. But then, but then in 2019, I was like, you know what? I want to give a TED talk. I want to make sure that I'm like confident when I'm speaking to people. And I think it was not even just a TED talk. It's just me wanting to have confidence, yeah. Uh, which I felt like I think every woman needs and every person needs. So I joined this club in 2019, and I remember like. <laughs> going and speaking there for the first time being a disaster like I just I just remember I was called on stage they asked me one question I was supposed to do like this impromptu speech and I was not quite sure what I was saying I had no body I had no conclusion I just I just talked for two minutes without like any flow basically yeah and I remember being this a disaster but I did not let that down because I was like this is how we learn we learn from our mistakes mm-hmm. and it's a safe place to master because no one is judging you. This is what I love about places. No one is judging you. They're encouraging you. They support you to do better and to be better. So I went back and it was still a disaster, but I still like, I was very persistent. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I love like, even though I might sound funny, it doesn't matter. So I still continue to go. And it's been three years that I'm there. So I also like it's been three years that I'm there and I can see like how it helped me to be a bit more more confident and being able to answer questions and stuff like that and giving speeches. And I was also part of I'm also part of the executive. So basically for two years, I was the VP of education. So I used to like prepare the agenda and like ask people to um, to sign up for speeches and stuff like that. And then this actually last year became the president of the club. So I have more like an. I like I do more like an oversight of what's happening and how everyone is like performing and I've been doing that for for a year and a half and so far I would say my experience with Toastmaster has been amazing like I just love it because I think I love the network of people that is there like it's just different people that they just want to excel basically so you feel like you belong to that world. Uh, Epic and I I actually gave Toastmasters a bit of a google before this interview and I found out that within a five minute drive i've got four clubs uh which is kind of epic and like you said there i want to pick up on on, on something you mentioned with we continue continually improving it's that one percent isn't it with that consistent one percent you're always building and you're always moving forward yes yes i yes it's it's that that's literally you have to be very tenacious like if you want to be if you want to achieve your goals you have to be very persistent and very determined and I think those have been my drivers like I think I am like that in a sense as a person but they have been my drivers and you want to be like better like you want to stand out from the crowd you know yeah. and and you can only do that if you're if you belong to that one percent and that's what I what I've been doing basically all right epic and you've also got your uh platform uh myways.ca um tell me tell me a little bit about this and and the work you do on that so basically i created this blog in 2020 and i feel like it's gonna be three years at the end of this like at the the beginning of next year i cannot believe it honestly honestly 2020 was more like a decade (laughs) 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 literally um literally so yeah i created this blog like out of the blue like, again, it was out of the blue. I was not quite sure where I was going with it. I was like, I'm not sure if I want to do that. But then I had in mind that, you know, I want to work on my writing skills and I want to write a book, which eventually I did. 
Um, so I created this blog and I was like, not, it, it was a little bit like YouTube. I was not quite sure what I wanted to talk about, but I knew that I had so many things that I could offer to other women. Yeah. So then I created it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about everything that I do in my life. I'm going to give book, books recommendation. I'm going to talk about career, how we work together in promotion. I'm going to talk about public speaking. I'm going to talk about volunteering. I'm going to talk about finance. I'm going to talk about personal finance. I'm going to talk about anything that you can do to just improve yourself. Mm. So that's what I, what I have been doing so far. And I realized that I do create a lot of like quality content that other people can use and they're like practical. And this is what I've been like trying to do so that every, so everyone that reads my blog can actually get something out of it. So that's what I've been focusing on. And I try to target mainly women and girls. Uh, so that I could be like their virtual mentor. But of course, this blog is like open to anyone. Like everything that I talk about, basically anyone can find it useful because I do talk about, again, the CFA program that it's open to anyone. So I do talk about a little bit of a different thing that I do in my life. All right, epic. And that website is myways.ca, which everybody should um, check out. So what is next for you? What's on the horizon? Uh, so many things I would say. Um, I do want to write a second book mm-hmm. and talk about my life in Canada because I would say Canada has been has played such a big role in my life, um, especially into shaping my identity properly. So I do want to do want to publish a second book eventually. Um, I do want to create some courses and I want to create some finance courses and also one about Italian and how to learn Italian. And I also want to be able to give a TED talk sometime soon, hopefully before you, but even if you do it before (laughs) me, that's fine. I'm just going to be cheering you up. I'm going to be cheering for you. Uh, So I do want to give a TED talk. That's probably, I would say the TED talk has been, has been probably my biggest goal, I would say. And yeah. the more I say it, the more I know it's going to, I'm just going to manifest it. So yeah. it's, it's my biggest, biggest goal to do a TED Talk. And the more you remind yourself as well, the more you can remember to keep moving forward. Exactly. And keep going, keep going for that goal. Um, and yeah, no, we will be supporting each other to get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I jest when I say I'm going to race you. Um, <laughs> so your book, Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle, that's available on Amazon. And where can we find you online? So people can find me on my blog, the one that you mentioned, myways.ca. I am on YouTube. So if people search my full name, Ulmi Hossan, they can find me. I'm available on LinkedIn so people can connect with me there and they just have to type my full name, Ulmi Hossan. And then, of course, everyone can buy uh, my book on Amazon. And I also have a personal Instagram account, uh, which is called Urma Mio, and they can just literally just follow me there. All right, epic. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Now, um, we end every episode with uh, the uh, Prost questionnaire. Uh, I'm so stressed. Don't worry. These, these are fun. These are fun. Um, every celebrity has answered these. Um, okay. They were adapted by Bernard Pivo and later by James Lipton, and now I present my Tim Horton adaptation to yourself. Oh, funny. <laughs> We've actually got Tim Hortons. They've moved over to the UK now. I know. My sister told me she lives in the UK, and she told me there is a Tim Hortons. She's so happy about it. I know. I'm like, like, oh, my God, the coffee is so much bigger than McDonald's. I've like got McDonald's and the Tim Hortons right next to each other. And it's like, 
I get my food from McDonald's and my coffee from Tim Hortons. It's like, I'm just in heaven. But the questionnaire, okay. what, is, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite word? Favorite word, I would say fearless. Fearless. And I think you've, you've embraced that in your life, haven't you? Yes. Yes. What is your least favorite word? Hate. Hate. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a strong word. It's definitely used way too much, I think, today. Yeah. Um, just for mild dislike. Yeah. What engages you? What engages me? As in what exactly? So what is it that sort of gets you going in the morning? Uh, what is it that you keep working towards? I can tell you one word and it's curiosity. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one thing that has led me to move forward. It's because I'm such a curious person that I just follow that. Fair dues, fair dues. And what disengages you? That's such a like hard talk, like such a hard question. I want to say it's, um, it's when people do not support me yeah, or they don't want to see me growing as a person. That's probably one thing that I don't like. Yeah, it's devastating, isn't it? They like hold yeah. you down and they're like... Yes, negativity, there you go, that's the word. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? Okay, I love the sound of the ocean. Yeah. And I would say it's uh, like, I love, I love the sounds of the little waves and it's because the meaning of my name is wave. Ah, uh, yes. I think, yes, I think that's why I really, like when I'm studying, I have to put uh, as a background the, the noise of the ocean or little waves. That's one thing that I really, really like. And I did not realize it that I like that. And until I made the connection, oh, it's probably because my name like means wave and everything's finally just connect. <laughs> All right. What sound or noise do you hate? It's such a strong word. I know. <laughs> now we talked about it and I see it on my list. I'm like, should I, I change it? <laughs> it's such a strong like word, but I would say, uh, I don't know. It's like hate is such a strong word. I would say, I, what do I don't you dislike? Know. What sound do you dislike? Probably people when they're doing construction. That's a little bit annoying, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad we don't have any out. We, we had, uh, they were laying fiber cables down a little while ago. So I'm so glad that's not happening anymore. Everyone's favorite question. What is your favorite curse word? I have it in Italian. Go on. But it's not even such a bad curse word. It means che palle. <laughs> what does that mean? And um, yeah, I don't want to translate it to you in on a podcast but it's related to the male's genitals basically so ah, it's okay. <laughs> um but it has two meanings in italian pali means also balls like actual balls um that you use to play like yeah. bas basketball or football and stuff like that and then the, the other meaning is the one that i just said <laughs> fair dues, fair dues. <laughs> um what profession other than your own would you like to attempt i thought about like eventually being an entrepreneur yeah and i do see myself as one eventually on a long term uh, because i think i do have a lot of like leadership skills i do have a lot of like initiatives uh i do like to try new things and i do like to do them on my own actually this is one thing that i realized and that's probably one thing that i would like to be eventually but I think right now where I am just working a woman in finance is probably one of the things that I, I am pursuing for the moment. Yeah. On a long term, in a long future, maybe an entrepreneur. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're kind of doing it now anyway with your platform I, I and, and with your public speaking. So yeah, I am. you've already got it. You, you just take the title, call yourself uh, entrepreneur. What profession would you not like to do? 
you know what? Probably those people that work, that works, uh, those people that work in construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I would never be seen on a building site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so scared. And the final question: If you could say only one statement to any one person, what would that statement be, and who would that person be? I have to choose one person only. One person, dead or alive. Uh, let your imagination go wild. So actually, the only for one person that I would like to say something, it's probably Megan Markle, and it would just be a statement of gratitude. Would be just to say simply thank you. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep it very simple because I think she has been my biggest inspiration, and I've been liking her since she's been an actress. But I think. She does a lot of things that it, where she gives back to the community, which is one of the things that I love about her. And if I still see her one day, all I want to say is literally thank you. <laughs> all right, epic. Uh, remind us again, where can we find you online? So I am on um, I am on LinkedIn. People can search Unmi Hassan. I'm on YouTube. They can just type Unmi Hassan. I have my blog. It's called MyWays.ca. And I have my book on Amazon, and I'm also on Instagram on Urmanio. All right, epic! And you can find this show as well.、Uh, we're on the social medias as well on TikTok at Meets Interesting People, at YouTube Tom Meets Interesting People,、uh, on Twitter it's at Tom Meets People, and on Instagram we are Tom underscore Meets underscore Interesting underscore People because some people are stealing my username, and、no. that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Umi, thank you so much for your time, and thank you thank for speaking you. with me today. Thank you. You have just listened to an episode of Tom Meets Interesting People. If you like the show and you would like to take part, or you think you know somebody who would make a great guest, please email me at tommeetsinterestingpeople@gmail.com, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Guests may provide audio content. That helps to demonstrate their work. Guests have given permission for this work to be played via the use of a release form, which they have signed. It is the understanding of this podcast that the material they provide does not infringe on the copyright of others. All other rights reserved. Copyright 2022.